Hey, welcome to the Youth Pastor Theologian Podcast, where theology and youth ministry meet. You can learn more about Youth Pastor Theologian online at youthpastortheologian.com or find us on social media at Youth Theologian. I'm your host, Mike McGarry. Thanks for joining us for this conversation about practicing theology and youth ministry. Welcome to another episode of the Youth Pastor Theologian Podcast. I'm excited to be joining you today with Chris Martin. Chris is the content marketing editor with Moody Publications. He's the author of the new book, Terms of Service. And he writes one of the few weekly newsletters that I actually pay for. And when it hits my inbox, I actually read it, um, which is also named Terms of Service. Uh, Chris is the Youth Pastor Emeritus. Uh, at his church and is currently a volunteer in his church's youth ministry. Before we press the record button, uh, we were talking about a recent uh, all-nighter that he was on. That's uh, youth ministry glory right there. Chris, uh, thanks for joining us for the YPT podcast. Yeah, of course. Uh, yes, I. Uh, you know I still am an active volunteer in youth ministry when I don't find an excuse not to go to the all-nighter on yeah. a Friday night at 31 years old or 32 years old, I guess I am now, whatever age I am. At. No, I'm 31. Um, yeah, so I – and I love that you called me Youth Pastor Emeritus because I joked with you beforehand <laughs> that I, I did help – I was on staff at my church leading yeah. the student ministry, and uh, once we had our daughter and, and life started to get a bit more crazy, I passed the reins off to a buddy of mine who we'd kind of been training up for the role – and I told him, I was like, I'm going to stick around. Like, I'm happy to continue serving. I just can't be the point man anymore. And I'll be your uh, 31-year-old youth pastor emeritus. So, yes, you can uh, recognize me as that. Well, well and that's, that's trust right there. So you pass it off uh, to your buddy serving and leading the youth ministry after you. And he still makes the call to do an all-nighter. And you join him. Yeah, man. I, uh, that is how much I love him. Uh, I, yeah, he, uh, yeah, it, we have a, we, he's, he's one of my best friends and, uh, he, he's in my community, like I lead community group at our church and he's in my community group. And so we, uh, we had a nice long chat about, about the all nighter afterward. And if we like, when we'll do it again, if we'll do it again. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's a good time, but one of those things, you know, you don't have to make it an annual thing, no. even if the students, always they do, clamor they for do it. love so the we'll all nighter though, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they do until it happens. And then, yeah, until I mean, two in the morning, there were a lot they of students like on so much. Yeah, on there were a lot of students at six o'clock on Saturday morning uh, who were like, man, I don't really know how yeah. I'm feeling. Why did that, I do so. that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hey, well, before we start talking about social media in this episode, uh, I think it's fun to get to know our guests a little bit in their teen years. Uh, so what were you like as a teenager? What, what sort of things were you into? Were you into sports, clubs, theater, music? Uh, what were you into as a teenager? Uh, I was kind of a jerk. Uh, I, so I like, I grew up in the church and, and was, I guess you could say like nominally Christian most of my young life, but then I didn't, I don't think I really became, I would say don't, I, I didn't see any fruit yeah. in my Christian life until I was like a junior in high school. So even though I was in youth group and all that kind of stuff, like I was very self-centered and was just kind of like a bull in a China shop. Like if you don't, 
if you don't like it my way, the get out of the yeah. way kind of a thing. And that's just kind of how I was. I mean, I was a typical teenage boy in a lot of regards yeah. in that way. So I was always a really good student because I didn't want to get in trouble at school. And I liked a lot of school, uh, loved English uh, and, and writing classes and Spanish and things like that. Hated math. Uh, science was fine, but just like hated math yeah. so much. Um, but in, in high school, like when I would have been in kind of the later years of student ministry, I played high school football, but actually really hated it. That's a long story was kind of like coerced into playing mm -hmm. high school football and uh, didn't really like it. Did it my freshman and I played for like the best high school football team in Indiana, like one, one yeah. of them. Uh, like the I played for the winningest high school football coach in oh my gosh. history, and it was like a super yeah. competitive, super competitive program, uh, like a huge yeah. school. And I was undersized, so like today, I'm like six four, two seventy. Like I I could play offensive line, you know, at a college, not yeah. quite because I'm not yeah, that yeah. ripped, but like you know, I'm I'm a big dude today. But like when I was a freshman and sophomore in high school, I was a late bloomer, yeah. so like I was like five ten, slow. Like I was not football yeah. material though they all knew all the coaches knew i was gonna grow so they were like just yeah. stick with it man just stick with it and then after sophomore year i quit because i was like no nah, man i want to have a life and like go work a job because i was never getting on the field because i was so small and uh so i quit after my sophomore year then junior year shot up to like six one six two begging you to come back. senior year <laughs> six four <laughs> yeah right i don't think i think they were pretty yeah. done with me but i was kind of frustrated yeah. with myself because i was like oh man i could have actually like played um, so I played football. I loved baseball, but was not good enough to make yeah. the high school team. Um, like when, just to give you an idea, like when I was a freshman, I got, I did not make the team, but like when I was a senior, they fielded nine seniors on the field. So like I didn't make the team and I was really yeah. upset about that, but I think that goes to show that my class was just really, right. really good. Um, and I knew that from growing up with those guys in the little league and stuff. But anyway, I didn't play high school baseball, but I loved baseball all through high school and continued to play like little league and stuff or travel and all that. But um, I worked at a pizza place in high school and loved awesome. doing that. Loved be I was a waiter just, and it was great. You missed your training um, right there working at a pizza shop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and man, I, I learned so many. Like that's it was not my first job. My first job was working landscaping at a public park, which was great in some of its yeah. own ways. Um, but it was my first kind of long-term job that wasn't just like a summer gig and being a waiter at like a mom and pop pizza place, man, there are so many great lessons I learned. I just learned how to work and learned how to do things I didn't like. And, um, it was really good, but yeah, man, in high school, I loved, uh, I loved, especially like once I quit football right. and I had more time, like I was hanging out with youth group friends cause that was around the time I could start oh, yeah. driving too. So I started hanging out with youth group friends all the time. And like, we were always like, my youth pastor was amazing and we'd like hang out at his house on friday nights and play video games or board games or stuff like that and he was a, a young single dude so like he was almost like an older brother yeah. to a lot of us and especially the guys and so we just hang out with him a bunch and and it was really fun and um i loved uh writing a lot in high school so um, i wasn't a theater kid i was kind of a sports kid but not your typical. Yeah. i was i felt i did not fit in in the sports crowd even though i yeah. played sports for a yeah. good bit of time um and so I loved writing. I started blogging when I was in high school, which ended up paying for half of my college because of a scholarship oh, wow. that I got. So I, I um, yeah, so I was just kind of into a lot of stuff and loved my journalism class yeah. that I was in. So I was kind of all over the place and never I, I was I was never a popular kid. And I, I always felt a little bit awkward because I liked I had friends in very different groups of people. So like I had some you know, I grew up in. I was in high school from 2004 to nine. So like I was into like the 
you know, the MySpace days, early Facebook days. I was into like pop yep. punk and like emo yep. kind of music, but also liked sports and loved video games as, as I still do, but I loved video games as a yeah. high schooler and like played competitively online and stuff. And so I just had all these different disparate friend groups and never felt like I fit into one very well until I started participating in youth group a lot more and was like, oh, wow, all of us are very different. We have jocks, yeah. we have theater kids, we have choir kids, we have nerdy kids, but all of us believe the same thing, which allows us to all kind of come together despite our differences. And that's when the magic of not only youth ministry, but like yeah. the church really, I say the magic of not really like the true, you know, spirit um, filled nature of the church really started to hit home that like all these different groups of people that have nothing in common have the most important mm -hmm. thing in common and can be friends yeah. as a result. So it was just really cool. So that's a bit of my high school experience. I was not, like I said, though, uh, I was not a very yeah. nice guy a lot of time and, uh, I'm not, I'm gratefully a very different person yeah. than I was. Well, Hey, I've been, um, I'm 42 years old. I've been a youth pastor since 2005. So I could have been your youth pastor and I would have spent time with you. So there you go. if you were in my youth group, I had, <laughs> I had some high school boys in those same years that sounded a lot like that. And, um, yeah, that's just, yeah. that's youth ministry brother. So, uh, I, I'm encouraged, yeah. uh, if nothing else to, to think back to some of those students in my former youth group and think, yeah, okay. So God's, God's story is not finished with them when they graduate high school. So you never know uh, what yeah. comes down the road. Um, and I think that in some ways that brings us actually to our topic of social media. Cause one of the things that I'm really thankful in social media as a youth pastor is it's a lot easier now to keep up with students when they graduate than it was, you know, when you were in high school, when I was a, a young youth pastor, uh, kids graduate, they move off. You, you don't, they don't really come home, uh, for school break or for summers. You don't see them for a number of years and it just gets super awkward. Um, so yeah, th there are some, some good benefits to social media in that regard. Um, yeah. 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 I think so. I think so. So it, I think it's safe to, to assume uh, the social media is not going away anytime soon. Uh, so can you just walk us through some of the major platforms and what do you think are some of their benefits, some of their dangers uh, to be aware of for some of the major platforms? Um, yeah. Social media is not going away anytime soon. Uh, Mike, I think you and I will go away before social media so. goes away. Um, it's funny. It's funny. Uh, when I started working in social media right out of college, um, running the blog and social media of a guy named Ed Stetzer, um, I had a very well-meaning family member who said um, to my wife, said, hey, do you think he should be getting a job in social media? Like, it seems kind of like it might be a fad. Like, I don't really know if it's a good career path. And uh, at the time, I kind of was like, huh, that family member is really wise. And I really trust them. I, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe they're right. Like, I don't know. I, I really thought social media was a pretty big deal, but I was like, they're pretty smart too. I don't really know. And I, I clearly that was uh, well intended, um, but yeah, so it well intended if, if not, maybe a little bit, uh, not, not a good prognostication there, but yeah. So, uh, big social media platforms, I'll just run through very quickly. Um, when it comes to student ministry, like thinking about youth ministry specifically, don't worry about Facebook. Your students probably aren't on Facebook at all. If they are, it's to please yep. their parents or for college um, applications there. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Is oh, that yeah. A thing? Yeah. They, yeah, they wow. make, I've seen a number of students make a Facebook account, uh, their junior senior year and they 
only posts good looking things on it um, to impress colleges because ah, they know they're going to get social media stocked. Fascinating. Um, yeah. So I, when I talk to students in our own student ministry or others, Facebook is virtually non-existent. Um, there are plenty of reasons to be concerned about Facebook, but not really relevant to student ministry. So we don't really have to go there. However, Facebook being owned by Meta, yep. the parent company of now Facebook, WhatsApp, and Instagram. Uh, Instagram is one of the most popular social media platforms among students, uh, though its influence is waning. And I think that's really good because Meta is the evil empire of the social media world. Um, and Instagram is um, losing influence, though still, I would say like Instagram is to, is to students in your youth ministry as Facebook is to their parents in a lot of ways. Um, so it is the primary social media, the sort of like thing students feel like they need to keep going, even if they don't really like it. And it feels like it's waning in its influence. Like that's Instagram is kind of, you could call their home base yeah. in a sense. Um, I think it's still considered that in a lot of ways. It's the primary sort of performative social media platform. So, I mean, all social media is performative, but really there are two kinds of social media. There's like performative social media and sort of like, I don't know the other right word, but like communicative, like there's one way platforms and two way platforms. Now, obviously you can DM and message on Instagram and all of that, but Instagram is much more about like posting up to an audience. Whereas something like Snapchat is much more like yeah. back and forth um, and, and, and dialogue oriented. So uh, Instagram, I mean, pluses, I guess is like uh, it's there and your students <laughs> use it. And uh they post nice pictures there. there. It's not a it's not a portrait of reality. I think more and more students yeah. recognize that. In fact, I a lot of youth ministers on the on who are listening may disagree with me, but I've been really impressed as I've worked in student ministry the last seven years or so. Like this last period, I worked in student ministry for longer than that. But in the last five to seven years, I've been really impressed with uh, students wising up about the ills of yeah. social media frankly, even as they use it. Um, I've heard really good thoughts from students about the negatives of social media. And one of those kind of thoughts has been around Instagram that many of the students I talk with are not fooled by the fact that Instagram is the best portions of all yeah. of their lives. Um, whereas I think five or seven years ago, back when it was still newer and much more central to the student experience, I think a lot of students probably weren't paying attention to how it was negatively yeah. affecting them. It, whereas in the last five years or so, conversations I've had with students, they've become a lot more aware of the sort of negative psychological effects that disproportionately affect girls over boys, which as a point we could get yeah. into that, but that's a, another portion of this conversation. Yeah. Um, so uh, Instagram has, has its own plenty of ills um, as far as mental health is concerned, as far as like, I guess you could say softcore pornography is concerned. Um, so plenty of issues there potentially as, as including like direct messaging, but that's, I mean, it's just glorified yeah. text messaging. So whatever you think yeah. your concerns are about that, you have Snapchat, obviously things disappear there, uh, at least to the public eye. Um, that's the primary texting platform for students. So like I, whenever I'm having social media conversations, I often forget about Snapchat because Again, I think of it more as like glorified texting than I think of it yeah, as like, it's like a hybrid. Media. It's like a hybrid um, between iMessage yeah. and social media. Yeah, right. That's so, uh, right. how they treat uh, it. But it is. I mean, that's that is. Yeah, yeah, more more students snap than than yeah. iMessage. 
I would say, um, at least with their friends over over their parents. So, uh, you know, and there's always been a whole lot of hubbub made about like oh, kids are going to be sexting through Snapchat, but sending pictures to each other. Surely. But people people like do that on iMessage, too, and other yeah. platforms like it. Um, I would say that is a concern worthy yeah. being concerned about, like worthy considering. But if you think it's like localized, to, that it's a Snapchat problem, yeah. you're mistaken. Um, like it's not just a Snapchat thing. Obviously, like the the design of the app lends itself to that. But it's not like if you if you ban Snapchat from your kid's phone, it's going to keep them right. from doing that, I yeah. guess is what I would say. So I guess here, here's um, my question about that so, um, in terms of youth pastors. So um I'll just make it personally, right? Uh, I'm a 42-year-old dude who's still a full-time youth pastor. Um, should I have Snapchat for my ministry to snap with middle school and high school kids in order to have relational incarnational ministry um, for the sake of the gospel? Um, the answer I give to you right now is very different than the answer I gave to people eight yep. years ago. Um, eight years ago, I encouraged student ministries to be on Snapchat because I had kind of figured out a way like, yeah, if you just like create a Snapchat for your youth ministry, it's not a, it's not a youth pastor's Snapchat. It's a ministry Snapchat and it's always content. Uh, I, my advice yep. back then was, um, uh, always post content to your story, never use it for direct messaging. So everything you do is like publicly available. Uh, and it's a, like, basically people can follow your account and yeah. look at the stories, but you're never directly messaging with the student. Um, and always make sure that there's like more than one person in your content. So like, I encourage youth pastors to not just sit there with their phone and like record a video message of themselves like hey this is my snapchat da, da, da. but like record like you know your youth ministry staff doing some goofy thing in the office or record um the video of dodgeball the night you yeah. guys play dodgeball or so, yeah. you know, something like that um so that you didn't have this yeah youth pastor got on snapchat today and did xyz you know sort of accusation you're like i'm never in a snapchat by myself like i'm never yeah. Like here, here's all the people who are in my Snapchat, you know, just to kind of have that above board, yep. above reproach kind of vibe. Um, these days, I would just tell student ministries to stay away from why, Snapchat. Why the change? Um, just stay away. Um, culture has changed. You have a lot more very credible, like a lot more very credible accusations of like sexual misconduct and like misuse of social media by youth yep. ministers and youth ministries. And I think um, like the uh, things that weren't perceived as potentially nefarious eight years ago are much are looked at much more skeptically today and i think understandably like we just know more now and we there's just been a lot more light shed on some darkness in the last eight to ten years than we had had before and i i would just say like well whereas before i would say youth pastor or youth ministry i think there are some ways you could do this that are above reproach and and like you could defend yourself you know you could get yourself not into a position where you yeah. could be you have some accusations yep. against you um, today. I just think it'd be so much harder. And I think there's so much more skepticism toward that kind of thing that I would just say, you know what? There are plenty of ways to connect with your students that don't require you to be on Snapchat. I think you should probably just invest your time and energy in those instead. I just, um, I, I say it not because I think Snapchat's irrelevant and not because I don't think there are some really effective ways right. you could do it. 
I think like, I think it could be a really good use of time. But if I were like counseling a youth minister on how to do this, I would say, dude, it's not worth the potential headache it could cause for you. If some student doesn't like what you preach on a Wednesday night and decides they want to come after totally agree, like, because they can't, if you're not active on Snapchat, you you can't be accused of something you didn't do. I mean, I've, I've heard crazier things. So, um, I just, I would encourage a youth minister to not open themselves up to either a temptation to do Mm -hmm. something or the possibility that, that an accusation could be levied against them. That wasn't true. It's just not worth it. So same question, but with TikTok. Um, oh man. So, okay. So we didn't talk about TikTok in the most popular, uh, social media platforms. I need to be upfront. TikTok is one of my favorite social yeah. media platforms ever, mainly because, uh, it's, and I, I resisted using it for a long time because of the whole China ties and all of that. Um, but it's Vine is my favorite social media okay. platform of all yeah, time. Rip Vine. And it's just, it's just, it's just Vine 2.0. I mean, it's really like, I mean, it's not, but it is in like an, in an aesthetic way. Um, and in the kinds of content that's created there. And so like, I, I, I love it as a platform. And I think just the way people can get creative with it is so cool. Uh, I would say like, man, the conversation around if TikTok is worth it for a student ministry is very different because you don't have the same kinds of risks that you do with snapchat in the in terms of like messaging and nefarious you know like uh it certainly you could do something like that but i don't think that i think it's just more of a like can your youth ministry create content that's actually interesting and actually good and uh, is it worth your time like i just know so many youth ministers who are like crunch for time or crunch yeah. for resources and it's like if you aren't discipling your students over coffee or over breakfast or like at your home or in like like if you don't if you're not discipling your students in some real embodied ways uh, already, like don't invest your time in a goofy or serious TikTok account. Like I've seen some really cool like apologetics TikTok accounts or like, you know, like theological TikTok accounts. But I'm like, if you're a youth minister, like are you going to have lunch with your students at school? Or are you like, you know, like there are probably some other more embodied ways of doing discipleship and doing ministry that are more worth mm-hmm. your time. Um, and if you're checking those boxes, if you will, then by all means, like create a cool TikTok right. account for your student ministry. Like, sure. But I would say like, don't get caught up in creating a cool TikTok just to be like relevant or something like that. If you aren't doing the other important aspects, I think what are important aspects of, yeah. a, of a student ministry, um, it should, I think it's a really cool idea. And I don't think there, there should be a whole lot of like fear or trepidation with it. I would just say like, prioritize it appropriately and make sure like the other thing you should be aware of is like if you're ever recording content with students in it um you should be getting their permission or even their parents permission like i think that kind of thing Mm -hmm. is really important um and and uh if you aren't getting their permission you probably should uh because like individual digital autonomy and people's faces and voices and stuff being out on the internet in in our day and age with data privacy concerns is a real it's a real thing. So if you're recording, especially like minors, yeah. you know, doing uh, something goofy at youth group, or, you know, you're doing a game at youth group and you're recording a fun video of that for tech, really for any social media platform, you should be taking some serious like privacy considerations. And just because that's, that's not something to be glossed yeah. over. Um, so yeah. anyway, that's just a, that's a good word there. But. Hey, as we close out, um, I just want to say, I'm so thankful for uh, your writings for your newsletter. 
and for your book, Terms of Service. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about uh, just your approach to social media and what are some of your uh, recommendations and insights for youth workers in terms of establishing important guidelines and uh, use both personal and ministry-wise of social media? Yeah, I think the most important like personal guidelines for everyone to consider would be like make sure you're using social media and social media is not using you. Or another way of putting it is like make sure you're that social media is serving you and you're not serving mm-hmm. social media. So I think one of the easiest things to fall into, not even just as like a youth worker, but as a person yeah. using social media, which is most of us, um, is you start using these platforms and you you. F- get addicted to them, frankly, and you don't, you just find yourself enslaved to them. And I don't use that word lightly. Like you find yourself in, in your quiet moments, like going from TikTok to Instagram, to Snapchat, to Facebook, to Instagram, to TikTok, to Twitter, to Snapchat, to YouTube, to TikTok, to Twitter, just going back and forth and back and forth. And I think, um, a lot of people, and I think youth ministers will probably appreciate this. A lot of people, like to be like oh the students and their phones dude don't even (laughs) like youth ministers like you you're 42 i'm 31 like uh people our age and their parents have just as much a problem with this stuff as the students do now are students still younger and much more impressionable and in a much like more vulnerable spot yeah in some respect but uh social media addiction or social an unhealthy relationship with social media is not a student problem um, it's an everyone problem. And I think that like guidelines that I put in for myself, just for anyone listening, like Twitter is my social media platform of choice. Like it's the one I, I know I said TikTok's like my favorite, but I don't spend as much time on yeah. TikTok as I yeah. do on Twitter. Um, and uh, Twitter is my platform of choice. Uh, I, what I do for myself is, so I've had Twitter since I was a junior in high school, yeah. like when it came out. Um, and I've rarely deleted tweets. Like I've deleted stuff that I'm like, oh, that was really cringy yeah. or something. But like, I think I have like 35,000 tweets yeah. or something like that. And I've like never deleted them. Um, the, but what, I, so I like to hear myself talk in a lot of unhealthy ways. Um, and so what I've done because I've recognized that in myself over the years is like, I have a window with Twitter open all day while I'm working. That comes from working in social media in the past. And it's yeah. just kind of normal. Um, and I've like, I've created like a burner account, which sounds like <laughs> nefarious or something. Yeah. It's not. Um, but I want to be able to browse Twitter without feeling the need to be oh, me okay. on Twitter, yeah. if that makes sense. So like, I don't, I don't want to feel the need to be piping in yeah. on, on whatever's going yeah. on on Twitter or speaking from my voice. So I've made it incredibly difficult for me yeah. to do that. So I put like a couple layers between me and my Twitter yeah. account, if you will. Like I have Twitter open all day on my, on like my second computer screen yeah. while I'm working but it's a it's an account that is not a stalker me, account and i just follow like yeah i mean i what i do is i like um i've i lived in like yep. christian twitter for almost a decade so i follow no like i don't want anything to do with christian twitter or like i follow no christian kind of things i follow national yep. specific stuff like news news th- media outlets or whatever i follow uh like sports people i follow some funny yeah. people i follow video yeah. game people that's really what i'm following on my and so in like social media writers and stuff um on my burner like that's what i'm following and it's not related to me like i'm not tweeting from i've never tweeted from it i'm not looking to i'm just looking to like 
have a news feed of people yeah. that I like and topics that I'm interested in. Um, if I do want to tweet, I have like a third party yep. scheduler yeah, buffer I use that, too. that I am like, oh, I have a th- I have an actual <laughs> thought that like isn't just me firing off some right. snarky response to something, but it's like something that yeah. other people might be interested in or like a Bible verse I come across in my devos. And so I'll like schedule that out for like a yep. day or two in advance. And I I like don't go in and check who responded. I don't like I just don't want to care yeah. anymore. Uh, and I, that's been the last couple of years, really, since I started writing the yeah. Terms of Service book um that i've really kind of distanced myself from that um and i don't have like i i have twitter on my phone but again i'm I'm logged into like my burner account thing i'm not um i'm not like using me so like when you d- dm'd yeah. me on twitter i i only saw it because i got an email that oh, i got yeah, a direct yeah. message. so that, that's one of the things yeah. that like oh man if i'm not if i'm not logged into twitter like yeah. i won't be able to see direct messages from people or whatever but i realized like oh i get emails yeah. when i get direct messages, and i don't get that many so thankfully like i yeah. saw your direct message because otherwise be i, there for I wouldn't time. have seen it for weeks and we wouldn't, yeah. we wouldn't be talking right right so anyway i do that and i set screen time limits i like i can't get on social media after nine o'clock at night or before yeah. seven o'clock in the morning um so like i set some limits like that so anyway that's just some we don't my wife and I have a two-year-old daughter. We do not post pictures yep. of her on the internet. I don't think it's bad to post pictures of your kid online, but I know enough about how digital privacy and, and media works that I don't want to do that until she's old enough to tell me it's okay to post that picture mm-hmm. or ask to have a picture posted yep. or something like that. So that's a whole other yeah. discussion. But we t- we try to be intentional. And I think to conclude, like one final thought that I think might be helpful is I think there are two unhealthy ways to use social media. Uh, and really, this could be a, this framework could be applied to any aspect, lots of aspects of life. But I think it's unhealthy to have a passive ignorance yep. of social media, uh, where it's just like ah, it doesn't care, it doesn't matter, it's not relevant. It's like it's very relevant mm-hmm. to everyone's life, whether yep. you use it or not. So you should probably yep. have some knowledge of it. Uh, and also, it's unhealthy to uncritically yep. embrace social media. Like it's uh, it's unhealthy to like when when a new platform comes along to say oh isn't this amazing like everyone's using it check out this viral video that went on like isn't it so cool like that's why i was like i tend to be a very early adopter of a lot of things but um especially when it comes to like anything that's taking data from me or like it, it, kind of putting a picture mm-hmm. of me on the internet i have become very critical of like what are they doing with stuff how are they using these things what am i giving it um and uh so that's why like i I was kind of a late adopter to TikTok, even though I was aware of it back in 2018, I did not download the app until like yeah. late 2020 um, because I was just like, I did serious investigation and all that. So don't uncritically embrace social media. Don't passively ignore it. Kind of have a mm-hmm. critical, healthy, thoughtful, intentional yeah. relationship with social is what I would say, whether you're a youth minister or you want to give that advice to your students or whomever yeah. else. I That's really good. I heard someone years ago, um, put it in terms of being a cave dweller and being a Teflon Christian, right? That there, there are people who are cave dwellers and they just hide away. And then there are others who think that, you know, nothing will scathe me. Nothing will hurt me. I'm made of Teflon. I'm indestructible. Yeah. And we want to avoid both of those impulses in social media. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Hey, Chris, thanks so much for joining us for this episode. Uh, if you've listened to this episode and uh, would share it with others, we'd appreciate that. Uh, go hop on uh, anywhere where books can be sold and order Terms of Service by Chris Martin and find his newsletter online and subscribe to that and you will not regret it. Well, thanks for joining us for this conversation. 
Please visit youthpastortheologian.com to learn more about our resources. You can find us on social media at Youth Theologian. We also have an active Facebook group where you can ask questions, share articles, and generally encourage fellow youth pastor theologians who are in the trenches with you. We'd sure appreciate it if you'd be so kind as to subscribe, leave a review, or even recommend this podcast to fellow youth workers. You can also subscribe to get new articles delivered to your inbox and to ensure that you don't miss any fresh content by checking out our website at youthpastortheologian.com. Most of all, we appreciate your ministry and your partnership in the gospel. If there's a topic that you'd like us to address or if you have an article to submit for the blog, then you can also share those on our website by following the submissions tab. In the meantime, keep your eyes on Jesus and we'll see you next week. <music>